I am reading from Matthew 11. It's the first five verses there. You'll hear a reference to John. Just for clarity, that is uh, referring to John the Baptist. Matthew 11, 1 through 5. Now it came to pass when Jesus finished commanding his 12 disciples that he departed from there to teach and to preach in their cities. And when John had heard in prison about the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said to him, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? Jesus answered and said to them, Go and tell John the things which you hear and see, the blind see and the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear, the dead are raised up and the poor have the gospel preached to them. It's good to see so many of our visitors today, some some who uh, used to be members and some who we haven't seen for a while uh, in different places. For those of you who have been to Camp Bandina, you know about the bell. The bell. It rings constantly throughout the day. It lets us know it's time to get up. And it rings to let us know now it's time to go to the flag raising and devotional and then to breakfast. And then it rings to let us know that it's time to go to class. And then it lets us know that class is over and we're going to go sing together. And then it'll ring again and we will go to sports and then it'll ring thankfully for lunch. Quiet time, it'll bring us back to class. It just rings and rings throughout the day. Finally, it lets us know that there will be worship. It calls us to go to places. It calls us to come to places. And anyone who doesn't come to the place that they need to be when the bell is rung, it could be counselors, it can be campers. When you, If you don't show up to where the bell is ringing and telling you to come, you there will be consequences. There will be consequences of not paying attention to the call. This morning I want to look at some instances where Christ lets people know that it is time to come to Him. He invites people to come to Him. In other words, there's, there's a ringing of a bell of some sort from Jesus' mouth. We're going to look at some instances in the scripture where Jesus invites people to come. And the first thing that we're going to talk about is, is how he, he, he let two disciples of John know it's time to come and see. It's time to come and see in, ver, in John chapter 1 verse 39. Now John had been baptizing. Jesus had shown up the day before and John points out and he says, there's the Savior, there's the Son of God. And then Jesus, and, and the next day Jesus shows up again and John's disciples hear him say, there he is, there's the one we're waiting for. And the disciples follow him and they ask him a question. Where are you staying? And then he says in John 1.39, come and see. And they came and saw where he's staying and then he remained with them. They saw where he was staying. Now, Andrew was one of those disciples, and he left for a little while. And he went and got Simon, we read, and he brought him back. And then they stayed with Jesus, and they saw some amazing things. Now, 
we all have people or had people in our lives, and maybe you're one of those people, who have said throughout the years of my life, hey, want to see something? You want to see something? It, 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 a few science teachers in my life, you want to see something? And when a science teacher asks, do you want to see something? You're getting ready to see something. You will see a chemical reaction, maybe some sparks, maybe some smoke, and maybe some flames. You want to see something? Absolutely. I want to see something from a science teacher. My brother used to say, want to see something? And you knew that you'd see sparks, smoke, you'd see explosions, or you'd see something destructive. You want to see something? Uh, I don't know. Don't know about that. But Jesus says, you want to see something? You come. You come and see. You come and see. Well, what did they see? Well, Kevin just read from Matthew 11. And he read 1 through 5. And as he mentioned John, John's in prison. John the baptizer is in prison. And he's already pointed out, now Jesus is there. There's the Son of God. There's the Savior. There's the Christ. And he hears that things are happening, as Kevin read. And, and he just wants to know. And then notice the wording that we, that we had. John had heard and, and Jesus sent two of his disciples and said, are you coming? Are you the coming one? Jesus answered them, go tell John in verse four, go tell John the things which you hear and which you see. And then there is a list of amazing things that because they followed Jesus, when he said, come and see, man, they saw. You want to see something? Absolutely. What are you going to see? Well, I want to see people who've been blind from birth. See. I want to see people who have been lame from birth walk. I want to see people who are unclean because of leprosy. I want to see them cleansed. I want to, I want to watch people who have never been able to hear, all of a sudden hear voices. And I want to see you raise dead. You raise the dead. You want to see something? Yes, I do. Look at Jesus. Find where he is. Go to him. And stay where he is. We need to understand that Jesus is saying, come and see. Come and see who he is and how he is. And that's one of the times when he says, come and see. And, they, and the disciples did the right thing. They went and stayed. And they went and got other people. And then they stayed with him as well. The next thing, come out or come forth. You might have in, in, in John chapter 11, 43. John chapter 11, 43. And maybe you know the story. Maybe you know the account of what's happening. But Jesus is often in, in another place. And, and he hears Mary and Martha, the sisters of Lazarus, he hears from them that Lazarus is sick. And he lets his disciples know, I'm going to go there. And they say, no, no, no. You don't want to go too far. You know that there's trouble there. And he says, I need to go because, John, because Lazarus is asleep. And they think, well, and they say, well, if he's asleep, he'll wake up. And he says, no, I need to tell you that he's dead. So he goes to where Mary and Martha are, and he's a long way off. And, and uh, one of the sisters comes and says, if you had been here, he wouldn't have died. She goes and gets the other sister. She comes, if you had been here, he wouldn't have died. 
But he said, I want to show you something. You will see the glory of God in a second. Then he, then he prayed and then he calls out in verse 43 of John 11, when he had said these things, when he, when he had said that prayer about God supplying everything that he needed, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus, come forth. I don't know if people still play hide and seek. I don't know if children still play hide and seek because... Well, it's a, different, it's a different day and age. But when we played hide-and-seek growing up, we would hide, obviously. Someone would seek. And it would get to a point where you wanted to let the, the other children know who's hiding. You wanted to let them know, I'm done looking. I'm finishing. I'm finished looking. So what are the words that we would say? Come out, come out, wherever you are. But what would we say before? Ollie, ollie, oxen free. Did anyone ever say that? We did. I was wondering about that. People believe it comes from German, alla, alla, oxen free. And it just means everyone, everyone also is free. Everyone's free. Come out, come out wherever you are. In other words, I don't know where you come out. I don't know where you are, but I want to, but it's. To, it's time to come uh, to, to the person who's seeking you. But I'm telling you that Jesus knew exactly where Lazarus was because everyone knew where Lazarus was. And then he says to Lazarus, you come out, come out, come out. I know you're there. And Lazarus struggles and he's bound up and he's struggling to come out. But Jesus knows exactly where he is and he knows exactly where he can be. He's been in a tomb, buried. He's been dead. He's been right where the people had put them because he was dead. And you could say, well, they gave up on him. When people die, they stay dead. Jesus calls him from his tomb. And he says, come out, come forth. And he wants him to come to him. And after, he's, after he comes out, he tells them, Unbind him. Unbind him. But he calls us. Doesn't he? He calls us. Come out of your tomb, your spiritual tomb. You've been in there long enough. You understand that you are spiritually asleep, but I want you to know, I want you to come forth. I want you to come here. Jesus calls us to come out of our tombs and live with him. Go over, if you would, to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. We're going to look at verses 12 and 13 of Colossians chapter 2. And it gives us some information about Jesus calling us out of our tombs. And Colossians 2, 12 and 13 simply lets us know we were buried with him. How? In baptism in which you also were what? Were raised for him, raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. And you being dead in your trespasses, you were dead and you were buried. You were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh. He's made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. In other words, come forth. It's time to have your sins forgiven. Get out of the tomb and come to me. 
and you will be reborn and you will live. And he says, come forth or come here, come out. Another thing he says, down, come down, Luke 19.5. And we know, we know and there's, a, there's a, a, a man of slight stature. He's a, he's a chief tax collector, and his name is Zacchaeus. And Scripture says in, and scripture says in, in Luke 19 that he, he just wanted, he climbed up a tree because he couldn't see over the other people. And Scripture says it's not that he wanted to see Jesus. Scripture says in Luke 19 he wanted to see who he was, just who he was. That was his motivation. He didn't know that Jesus knew who he was. And so Jesus says, Lazarus, uh, Zacchaeus, come out of that tree. We're going to spend some time together. We're going to spend some time together. In Luke 19, 5, when Jesus came to the place, he looks up, sees him. Zacchaeus, make haste. Get down quickly. Come down. I'm going to stay at your house. Man, when we were growing up, when we were growing up during the summertime, we loved staying home, and we obviously, we liked to play outside, but we made sure that we were in the house when the Price of Right came on. Man, we loved that. And when, when that came on, we knew that there would be contest, contestants called down out of the audience, and you know what, how it said. If you've ever watched Price is Right, and I imagine most of you have, they would say, if it were me being called, Troy Albers, come on down. You are the next contestant on the price, of, price is Right. Now, if I were to come down and bid on, a, on an item and I was closest without going over, what did I get? I got the item. And, I, and I'm called up to the stage and I go through this process and, and, and my life will be changed temporarily. Temporarily. I might win all the prizes that there, that there are to win in the big finale. And my life will be changed temporarily. But when, when Zacchaeus came out of that tree, his life was changed forever. Jesus said, salvation has come to your house. His life was changed forever, and so are we when we come to Christ. And you see on the screen Romans 6, 4. You see, it says, therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even though we should walk in newness of life. Come on down. You're the next person to be saved. And the prize that you're getting ready to have, salvation is yours And your life will be changed for eternity. Come on down. Come down. Jesus also said, come to me and drink. On the last day, there was a day of feasting. Jesus stood up and cried out saying, in John 7, 37. He, came, he cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And he's talking about the Holy Spirit. And people don't realize that, that he, because he hadn't come yet. But if anyone thirsts, if anyone thirsts, I played football one year as a senior in high, when I was a senior in high school. I played. I had no idea what I was doing. It was a school. We had 20-something people in our graduating class. I would moved there my first year at this school, and they said, you want to be on the football team? Absolutely. What position? I don't know. I, I still don't know. If you ask me what, what position I played, I played defense, I played off, but I don't know. But I know this, 
after each practice, they would take a big container and put water in it with ice and they would put Gatorade powder drink and they would dump salt in there. And I am telling you, after a, it's a summer's day and you're in pads and you're doing all these drills and stuff and you are dying of thirst, you feel like, and they offer you this drink and it is the best tasting drink in the world at that moment. I thirst. And if you're thirsty, Jesus says, come drink. Are we dying of spiritual thirst? I mean, do we realize how much when we got that Gatorade and we drank and then we drank it again and we drank, we did, we knew we were thirsty, but we didn't realize how thirsty we were. But do you understand how thirsty you need to be spiritually? You have scripture like Psalm 42, 1 and 2, as the deer pants for water. And we sing that song, as the deer pants for water and the for the water brooks, so my soul pants after you. I am dry, I'm thirsty, and the only thing I want is water. No, the only thing I want is God. I want to drink God up. And I don't want to stop. He says, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Jesus says, you want to drink. He, he, he even mentions that in Revelation twenty-two seventeen. The spirit and the bride say, come. Let him he, who hears say, come. Let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. You're thirsty and you better recognize that you're thirsty. And you better want God and you better want his word and want the spirit and want salvation. You need to be thirsty. And the only one who can quench your thirst is Jesus. He says, come and drink. He also says, come to me, as he says in Matthew 11, 28. And we've heard it before. And he says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. What does that mean? It means you're struggling with whatever you've been carrying around in your life and you are laboring. And you are laden and you are heavy, but you are heavy laden and this is getting to you. Connor and Madeline and I were talking about the backpack the other day. The backpack. It's a child's backpack. It's not for a child to carry. It's for you to carry a child. And all four of my children rode in that backpack on my back. And, and as you're going through this process, you get them in the backpack and then you struggle to, and it has a metal frame and you struggle to get these harnesses over you and this child is in there. And it's fine when they're a little baby, it's fine. But as they start realizing, you know, I can put my feet right here and stand right up. And you got to grab them. And you know, oh, there's some hair. I wonder what it would be like just to grab a handful and pull on it. Uh, there are some ears. I haven't ripped on those for a while. And if I dig my feet into his back, what would happen? Can I make him go faster? I don't know what was going through their minds, but all I know is that at any given point and your back was sweaty, all you wanted to do was get the backpack off and the child off your back. I miss those days. They were, they were difficult days, but I'm telling you, I would love just for one day with each kid, for them to be small, have one more ride. I want it. And I didn't mind it back then, and I miss it now. Jesus wants us to come to him 
Jesus wants us to let him carry us. Go over to Luke 15, 4 through 7, if you would. He wants us to rest in him. He wants us as lost children and sheep to come to the flock. And here's how we're going to get there. Luke 15, 4 through 7. What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, what is he going to do? He's going to go out. He's going to leave the 99. He's going to search for them in the wilderness. He's going to leave the 99 in the wilderness. And he's going to search for the one that's lost. How long is he going to search for it? Well, until it gets dark. No. Scripture says he's going to search for it until he finds it. And what happens when he finds it? When he's found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, I found my sheep, which was lost. And Jesus goes on, I say to you that likewise, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 persons who need no repentance. I'm going to find you. I'm going to get you on my shoulders. I'm going to take you home. Come to me and I'll give you rest. Come to me and I will give you rest. Why would we want to come to Christ? Why would we want to come to Christ? Eternal life. And we all know that as Christians, we know that. We made a decision. I want eternal life. And the only way that I know that I can have eternal life and get to God is through Jesus. And Jesus is talking to the Jews in, in John 5.40. And they're plotting to kill him. They're frustrated with him. People are following him. And they don't know what to do. So they start plotting to kill him. They don't like what he's saying. And then he lets them have it. And he just says, among other things, you are not willing to come to me that you may have life? Let's flip that around. If we come to him, we have life. If we come to him, we have life. That's why we want to come to Jesus. That's why we want to heed his call. There are consequences for not coming to that bell when that bell rings. I'm telling you, there are. Huge consequences, eternal consequences, if we don't heed the call of Christ. Are you a Christian? And if, you, if you're not, you need to understand that God called you. How do we know that God called us? He called us when he, when he sent his son to die for us. And in that death, it's a call. I love you. Come to me. And in that burial, it's a call. I love you. Watch this. Come see this. And in that resurrection, there's a call. And it's the gospel. And he, was, he died. He was buried. And he's resurrected. And that's a call to us. Come to Jesus. So if you're not a Christian and you understand that call and you're ready to heed it, please do that. But if you're a Christian... There's a call. Come back. Come back. And if you're not back with Christ as a Christian, you know what you need to do, then do that. And if you have any need that can be met by coming forward, let us know now as we stand and sing.